Another one from The Obsidian. A flash review of the book Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution, written by Ellie Mistal, published in the spring of this year. Mistal, possibly best known for his brilliant white afro that can easily secure a black power fist pick with ease, is also a former practicing lawyer, a Harvard and Harvard Law graduate, the nation's justice correspondent, and the legal guru for the More Perfect podcast on the Supreme Court. Mastal is also a frequent guest on MSNBC as a badass truthsayer with a Twain-like political pop culture wit that smarts all bastards that can't seem to tell the truth about America, the hijacked Republican Party, and the interpretations of the United States Constitution. And it's this document in which he has called, quote, trash. And Ms. Stahl proves it through words, facts, and examples. Allow Me to Retort is a magnificent read, bent on showing what our Constitution looks like from the perspective of a person that the Constitution was designed to enslave. A document, a deal written by white slavers, white colonists, and rich white abolitionists that was purposely designed to erect a Western slave empire. And with that, good people, Ron, Kim, what do y'all think? (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely uh, love this book. And I, I would highly recommend the audio book version of it um, because he reads it and it's chef's kiss outstanding to hear him read it in his own voice. Um, and I've listened to it twice wow. now and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, I really, I enjoyed the book. Um, I do think I might take you up on that recommendation, Kim, to uh, mm-hmm. to hear him read it, because when I've seen him on TV, yeah, he definitely has a presence. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm partial to the subject matter mm-hmm. <laughs> and his point of view, um, you know, breaking down the, you know, the hypocrisies and the contradictions and the um, the false, you know, facade of a lot of the constitution. Um, you know, I, you know, there are a couple of things that I could provide some critique on. Um, I'm not exactly where he is in terms of, you know, basically, uh, discarding the constitution as a complete fraud. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that the Constitution does have some universal principles embodied in it that really um, are not the sole purview of the rich uh, white male landowners um, who constructed the document, because a lot of the uh, concepts within it are actually kind of universal truths. And, um, and and concepts that you know predated um, the founding of this uh, of this nation. So uh, I do think that um, the best approach is somewhere in between. Eli's is it Eli or Ellie? I we just talked about this. Okay, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ellie. It, 
It's Ellie, yeah. Somewhere between Ellie's scathing, um, you know, kind of uh, approach to things and the false uh, mythology uh, that we all learned growing up. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's an interesting concept because you you grow up hearing about the brilliance of mm-hmm. the the constitute of the constitution. Excuse yeah. me, right. <laughs> you know, and and you know that's that's through school, right? Right. Um, you often might hear uh, different perspectives on it, but you don't necessarily hear kind of a breakdown of and 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 a counter to what makes it um basically incapable of representing people in america today right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because it was flawed from the start in so many different ways now you know i mean it, it yes are are there some universal truths in it some things that um make good sense yes but he also talks about how it's applied or misapplied mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's when you start realizing hey this document is not malleable enough doesn't have enough finesse in it in some of its language to handle it because they they truly had to make a a, a deal with the devil right to mm-hmm. even write the constitution they had to include these you know slavers so right. um and appease them so mm-hmm. it it started with kind of a, a raw deal, um, and, and that's even for um, the the people who it was representing at that time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I I think that he does. Yeah, he does make the argument that constitutions trash, and for those reasons. But I think I almost feel like his greater argument is that in more modern times. Conservative, conser- conservatives, I don't even want to say the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> conservatives have specifically chosen not to let it fix the problems that we're having. You know, because right. they, they see different problems for one, but they don't, they choose not to let it do that. He makes a strong argument that the fourth and the 14th amendment are almost all you need to fix, to, to address the issues that need to be addressed to make things more fair. Um, but specifically, so I feel like he's saying that it could be enough if people chose to 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 take it there, but instead conservatives, especially, are choosing to not allow it to solve the problems that that um, I guess liberals specifically thinks that think that should need to be solved in the country, and so it's almost like I mean, it's it's a present day version of the problems. Of, absolutely of its inception you know absolutely. because we never fix the damn problems of and, and and i think that that is really his point yeah. that he makes brilliantly in his book is that <laughs> the constitution is actually acting as it was designed to act it was designed to thwart um you know the the, the mechanisms that that uh that ellie is pointing out it was designed to do exactly what it's doing now in the hands of conservatives Right. The way that they built it was it was built so that there would be things that could be um, there could be levers that could be pulled to prevent the Constitution from going too far in terms of um, not representing the interests primarily of rich white 
male landowners. It's still doing that. And I think that that's, he's saying that that's, that's what it was designed to do and that's what it's doing. And um, as such, that's why it's a fraudulent document. Uh, so I definitely get that. I just don't know um, practically <laughs> if you go around saying, hey, you know, the Constitution is trash. Well, where does that leave you? You know, like, I, I don't know how practical that is in terms of increasing people's access to justice or people's access to the pursuit of happiness and, and those sort of things. I think it's kind of a bridge. It might be, it's just an impossible dream, you know, to what, you know, destroy the constitution and, and create something else. I just think that that's so far beyond what, what could actually be done. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, I mean, I, I think that's a point. I, I, I do think mm -hmm. that's a point, but they've also erected, um, a, a lot of of safeguards outside of the constitution like the federalist society yes and when you have certain justices uh like amy cohen bryant and what have you who are saying mm -hmm. um i'm an originalist so right. what does that mean that means yes. <laughs> you know i support the way the constitution was written by white slavers white colonists and white male rich abolitionists exactly you know, she's not hiding in this and in the federalist society you know um you know buckles up that uh each time they 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 possibly can i mean they they are supported by a huge uh, backing of money and now they have you know uh conservative judges um i don't know how long or how many have been a part of the Federalist Society or societies or groups such as this. But what they're trying to do is hard code it, make sure that you can't even get close to trashing it. Um, now, one point I think it's interesting that I, I, I heard him, uh, Mistal, uh, talk about was uh, the subtitle, um, A Black mm -hmm. Guy's Guide to the Constitution. Okay. It's not a, a, uh, a guide for Black a black guy or black people to the constitution. It's basically saying, he's basically saying, this is my point of view. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's so, a good point to make. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this isn't like, Hey, how you should read it. This is how he reads it. Right. Mm. Um, now okay. I, I, and, and I, I agree with uh, Kim and, and you Ron, um, I, I actually would love to hear him read it because even in just words, cause I, I, I didn't listen to it. I read it. Um, he puts a lot of sauce on this. Like he does. He, it is so good. He, he gets yeah. down on it. When you, you listen know. to it, it's it's worth a read. Like you can just listen. I mean, obviously, we all know audio. You can listen to wherever you want. But I mean, I think I I found myself just talking back to him by myself in the car. Like <laughs> and he made I love that points, you know. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, like oh, nobody's here with me, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> it was just such a. To me, like I read it a second time because I wanted mm -hmm. to refresh my memory. But the other reason I read it because I I was telling someone this. It's like a tonic. It's like finally someone's fucking saying the shit that you feel and want to hear people say. And right. it was like it's just like healing. It puts you in a place that you can heal a little bit. Like to me, mm -hmm. that's what this audiobook was as well. And I, you know, I agree. Yes, this is his opinion. In fact, we had a I had a conversation at my school about this book. And someone brought up the fact that they don't agree that 
you know, to like kind of discount white people or da, da, da. And I'm like, you don't have to agree because this is his opinion. He's making it very, very clear. So to read it, you know, like to read it that way is important. But also I, I think that, you know, his his argument against the originalists is one of the best. Yes. So many good arguments, but that specifically is one of the best. But also I I, I think, you know, looking at the solutions he presents at the end, kind of talking about the Supreme Court and, mm -hmm you know, changing the number of justices and, and um, getting rid of the electoral college and things that are like structural changes that could possibly put things in a, in a, a direction that could be positive is all a way of saying too that it, it, it kind of doesn't matter if we made a new constitution or if we stick with this one, people are going to put their shit into it no matter what, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And find whatever they think they can twist to make it oppress people. If they want to free people, liberate people, then they'll do that. But so I think I do think that some, as we've said before, like I think structural changes are so are are very key. Like I don't think he's saying to write a new constitution, but like to put something structural in, so it's harder for people to tear it down, or or that just that it's more honest. Like getting rid of the electoral college and the Senate. He even says. I mean, are concrete things that would keep our democracy more honest? Not that they're going to. Yeah, I think that's that's a key point that um, he he's really pointing at the dishonesty in the Constitution. Yeah. And yeah, like you just said, I think that he does provide a blueprint for making it maybe not completely honest, but less dishonest, right? And yeah. I think that's a battle that's worth fighting you know i think it's a battle worth fighting like you know look <laughs> these are the principles that you know and, and this is what we've been doing for for decades centuries this is what this document says so you <laughs> it says this and then over here it says that and then it has these other um, mechanisms in here that totally contradict the things that it's saying in the preamble and, and whatnot. And so I think that's the battle is, you know, to make people uh, or to, to, to force things so that the mechanisms are changed to reflect the principles that are stated. I think, so things like getting rid of the electoral college are definitely a must, right? Uh, the prescription about the Supreme Court that he makes is a must. I think even changing the Senate, like you were just talking about, Kim, yeah. is a must. Because if you think about it, they called it the Great Compromise um, that created the bicameral Congress, two houses, and how um, those houses were populated, you know, who's, uh, how people in those two houses of Congress get... Uh, elected and how, and what they represent but that was done to preserve the power of slave states in the new um uh, in the new union right um so it is a dishonest proposition that led to why now states that have less of a population than the city of los angeles Right, are carrying, and by the way, those states are predominantly white, 
-hmm. are carrying so much power in this government. Yeah. That is dishonest. That is one thing that Ellie does really well in this book is to point out the hypocrisy and the dishonesty. He breaks it down. He makes it very plain. And from there, I think it's a platform for then making the Constitution into a document that actually or into a set of systems that represents the principles in the document. Yeah, it, you know, and the, and the nuts and bolts of it, and and he 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 talks directly to this is that, um, and and we've said this in other conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a we continue to have a white a white people problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, again from the Federalist Society to you know states who carry two senators that you know has uh, you know. Uh, smaller population than than major cities um they want to keep it trash and he goes even beyond saying it's just conservatives and and he says he can prove it and mm -hmm. and and one way he he has has talked about that is basically since the passage of of the civil rights act in each presidential race not a single democrat has won the white popular vote right not wow. a single time and mm -hmm. As he said, you know, he said that's not a phase, that's not right. randomness, yeah. Right, and so even the most, you know, uh, at times they'll say, well, you know, changing the electrical electoral college. I almost said uh, electrical, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to change that one too, man. There's too much electricity in this piece, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Costs too much. <laughs> Say even, but I mean, even something like that, you know, well, they'll say, well, that's too radical. It's like, you know, that, that's that's just a pebble, you know, that that's just a pebble amongst boulders and mountains of of issues where they want to keep things the way they do, and they they use this document not necessarily for for the uh, expansion of freedoms, but to thwart those kind of threats to their advantage, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's uh, I think you need somebody like Mastal throwing some extra sauce on this conversation that's to right. make people talk about it. And, and yeah. you know, that's one reason why I think when when we all, you know, took a read or a listen, we were like, man, we definitely need to talk about this. Um, it, it, now, you know, he 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 does um, break things down for lay people. You don't have to be a lawyer or a constitutional expert right it's to true. um to understand this but i i i would put money on it um if i did listen to it like you did kim um that would probably assist even more right because yeah. there's times where i start to stop and be like well i need to look that up you know yeah, yeah. um and 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 dig a little deeper and and you know there's a million books on every single topic there so yeah. but and, it's and it's consumable like yeah, as a conversational, it's like, it feels like a conversation with him when you listen to it, obviously more than, than it's, it's just a very different context. And I think having him put his inflection, his words, his tone into it makes a big difference for sure. But um, another thing that popped in my head in this conversation I've been thinking about is I can't remember who brought it up. I want to say Trevor Noah, but I'm not sure. Someone recently um, said this, and I think it's relevant is that a lot of it comes down to also like what are white people worried about like besides just racism and you know that whole racism thing and white 
supremacy delusional disorder thing that we talked about. Yeah. And besides that, is it also what they're worried about? Should people of color get in power more so than white people? It, it isn't it maybe also that their the their own mentality of what they have done and continue to do, they fear that people of color are gonna try to get them back for for the centuries of getting us, right? Yeah. But that's that's wouldn't happen because that's not what we would do. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 like I feel like and I, I can't remember who said it again, but I feel like that's a really good point to think about is like when one day or whenever when people, let's say political power, are mostly black and brown, people aren't those black and brown folks are not all of a sudden gonna oppress white people. You know what I mean? Because that's not what the mentality of those folks would be. But but is it hard maybe for some white people to imagine not wanting to get someone back? You know what I mean? I think, that, I think you're really speaking to really psychologically the challenge, right? Because if that is, if you're assuming that that's what's going to happen, you're never going to let it happen. Right. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen in this country. Yeah. Right. When you see the whole MAGA forces, right? Everything that's going on that Ellie is pointing out in his book about conservatives it's all about making sure that that retribution doesn't happen. And mm -hmm. we're going to make sure it doesn't happen by, um, by keeping our thumb on the scale. Yeah. We're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. But if, um, you know, there, there's a really good book that I read um, in addition to the books that we read here is um, it's called the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, by a dude named Stephen Covey. And he says that, you know, really one of this, the principles in that book is you really want to solve problems between people. You have to, in order to get to a breakthrough, everybody is understanding their own point of view. Everybody's understanding their, um, their struggles and their wishes and their goals. Um, but it's not until you actually seek to understand the person on or the people on the other side of the table, mm -hmm. if you actually seek to really understand what's going on with them, it, that's a that's a prerequisite for actually coming through with a breakthrough solution. So I find it interesting what you just said, Kim, because that's what flashed in my mind. I was like, yeah, actually are we actually going to be able to accomplish any of the things we strive for here, the obsidian and, and beyond, you know, progressives and, you know, folks fighting for women's right and LG, uh, BTQ and, and all the different groups in this country that are advocating for less dishonesty. Are we not understanding the core psychological reasons why people are so afraid of us? I, you know, I, like I if we could actually sit down and actually begin to understand, oh, you're afraid we're gonna go go ahead and do what y'all did to us. <laughs> you're afraid that we're gonna put you at the back of the bus, and and you're afraid that we're gonna make you barefoot in the kitchen, and we're afraid, and you know we're afraid you're gonna put us in the closet. 
you know, like, you know, I'm using these metaphors that, <laughs> that are used to describe, yeah. you know, how uh, different peoples have been, you know, diminished in this country. Um, if that's the real fear, um, maybe we need to figure out how to address that. Well, I think it's a long way off, man. And I, <laughs> yeah, I'm you not, can edit all that out. I, I, you know, I, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm just saying, you know, think of the fear mongering as we get ready for the midterms. You know, yeah, yeah. what do they? What is the, one of the old tropes they bring up? Is the is, is dangerous? Yeah, crime. Mm-hmm. Dangerous people of color. There's yes. going to be fentanyl from the the, the Mexican mm-hmm. uh, Central America drug gangs in your Halloween candy. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Crime is on the rise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, people who are saying, you know, the only thing uh, that I believe in is uh, the Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. and and and, you know, it's it's the old Southern strategy and and it's baked in to all of our psyches, even people of color. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're, we're raised up with this image of ourselves even. Right. Yeah. As as a threat, as as dangerous. Right. So, you know, it it's so hard baked into everything that is America. And we actually do have a document that is held up as the example of freedom. That was a, a raw deal. Right. And yeah. so, right. you know, it, you know, can can we get to a point where we understand where each other are coming from? I I think that's what we have to rely on for um, the good people who come out and vote, who are saying, "Hey, we've got to move things forward." That's progressive. Right? Yes, yes, that is absolutely progressive. It's mm-hmm. empathy. Yeah, right? yeah, it's empathy. Break it down. Um, and there is no there. There's so little or to no empathy on the right from conservatives mm-hmm. they they right. might have sympathy you know i mean and and democrats have the same problem on the left right they they have a lot of empathy but not much sympathy so i mean Good point yeah we've got a long way to go to meet in the middle but you do need those voices um like mistal to say and with some extra sauce i don't know why i'm stuck on sauce um, oh no, my. it's saucy. It's, it's saucy. It is <laughs> but saucy. you don't need to have nothing in your bag. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't I, need no extra sauce. I mean, if I was a a, a, a thrower, okay, yes. if I mm-hmm. threw things, I would have thrown his book against the wall a couple many times because I was mad. Now I don't mm-hmm. want to mess up my book and I don't want to mess up my wall. <laughs> so I'm I'm not a thrower. Um but um you know it it makes me angry. It gets me frustrated because um, you realize that there are forces that are fighting against people understanding each other, of putting themselves into each other's um, And they feed off of that. That's actually like, they feed off of the misunderstanding. It's their platform. That's exactly what, they (laughs) know exactly what they're doing. Well, yeah, there's the textbook definition of exploitation. For they sure. are exploiting or putting yeah. into their benefit these human foibles, these human weaknesses of fear and anxiety and anger um, and gr- and grievance, uh, and they are just turning it all, turn all those levers to act in their favor. So uh, you know, I, I think I think 
number one, we're all saying, hey, if if you get a chance, you know, check out um, uh, Ellie Mistal's book, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. And especially if you have the opportunity, um, uh, buy the audio version to mm. to to hear him uh you can almost hear his afro shape he's going where he's going um hey we need to give we need to give this mm-hmm. book some rocks now yes yes who who wants to start i'll start damn oh, prizes five rocks bam bam Ooh. dropping it <laughs> all five rocks all five Okay. All right, all right. All I'll right. go. You know, I'll go next. Sure enough, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it five rocks. It's a must read. It's yeah. a must read. It's an absolute must read. Agreed. Wow, wow. Well, I, y'all, I, I can't give it five rocks. I can't give it five rocks because nah. nah. What you gonna okay. give it two? What are you gonna do? No, no, what are you gonna do, Ron? I thought we understood each other. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> it better be more I than tend to be contrarian to on some of these things. <laughs> yeah, it better be All right, more here's than my, to love. <laughs> here's my major, not my major, here's my um here's my criticism of the book. I okay. would I think there's a little bit of Ellie being, let's say the metaphor is he's a preacher, he's turning around and he's just speaking to the choir. I think that he could have been, this book could have been even more powerful if he could have adapted a more, a somewhat more dispassionate presentation of his arguments, because it's very clear, like, it's like, he's very, very, very opinionated to this point of view, right? Now, (laughs) Uh, the other extreme of that is someone like Barack, who goes, bends over backwards to not have a point of view <laughs> when he's trying to convey his thoughts and ideas, right? So um, I would, I was looking for a little bit more of, that, of, of a dispassionate approach in the book. So, so that was, that's, that's why I can't give it a five. So, um, but you know, I'm in the choir though. <laughs> so, so I'm just thinking about the people in the in the pews, you know. <laughs> How do we reach them as well? But anyway, in terms of charging us up, I'm I'm gonna say it's a four and a half. That's what right. I give it. Sorry. Right. I know. I now, know. Now I, you gonna I, put I, me in a room with Candace Owens, I guess next, right? Oh, please! <laughs> hey, man, nobody should have to, deserves that. Nobody deserves that. And, and by the way, you know, if you go on YouTube and and just look up uh, Ellie Mistal, you're yeah. gonna realize he, he, the, the brother can't. I, I think can't tone it down. <laughs> I mean, he he's got you know du- you know D batteries in there, fully charged all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, that's that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, no um, doubt. No but, doubt. But uh, I don't think uh, either perspective takes from the importance of the book of the conversation that's mm-hmm. needed. You yeah, know, yes. how many people going home talking about America, talking about the Constitution, talking yeah. about its fairness and not? Yeah. I would probably say you know folks are going on Disney Plus instead or something like that. <laughs> um, and and uh, there's no di- you know I'm not dishing on Disney Plus. I got it. But anyway, um, so 
check it out, y'all. Um, yes. Allow me to retort a black guy's guide to the Constitution by yeah. Ellie Mistal. That's it. Bam. All right. Well, actually, um, so what does that add up to? Five uh, plus five plus four point five. How many rocks is this? Hold on, that's math, man. All right, all right. I got my calculator. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out right now. Okay, Fourteen point five. 5. No, we needed the teacher to tell us what's going on. I know. Ron, <laughs> Ron put uh, the calculator down. All right, here it is. It's uh, <laughs> it's four point eight three. So oh, the average. Oh, the God. average. So what is that? Is that four and three quarters rocks? Do we round down? Do we round? Yeah. Like I think quarters is the oh, yeah. is the unit. So, yeah. So. Do you want to All declare right. it in your in your beautiful baritone, Jason? Uh, what is that? It's a four and a four, four and a quarter. Four no, four and, and three quarters. Four and three quarters, y'all. That's four and three quarters. <laughs> you hear me? All right, go get the book or get get the audio version. Get the book. Get right. the audio. Get both, man. Support your brother. Get one. Get, Just get, get both. Get, get both. both. Yes. All right. That's it. That's it. Check us out. Flash review. Gotta love it. Peace.